We're in a series called You Asked For It, and we're actually taking the topics that you asked for in the survey that we did on Easter weekend. And so tonight I get to share with you how do I navigate the seasons of life. Genesis chapter 2 tells us that when God created the earth, he set up seasons, uh, seasons of weather. It says, as long as the earth remains, there will be springtime and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night. And so we, we can readily observe the seasons uh, of weather. And I know it's been a little wacky this spring, okay? But, you know, we can trust God that winter is leaving and spring and summer are coming because God set it up that way from the very beginning. And every farmer, every gardener knows that if you don't have changes in seasons, then your crops aren't going to produce. Because you have to have seasonal changes in order for crops to, uh, to take root, grow, and bear fruit, and then rest. And the same is true in your life. Uh, you have to go through various seasons of life in order to grow, mature, and bear fruit. And God has established, he's established the seasons of human activity just as he's established the seasons uh, of the weather. It's the seasons of life. The relational, physical, spiritual, emotional uh, seasons of life. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this. It says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And the New Century Version uh, says, everything on earth has its special season. So tonight I want to give you five general facts about the seasons of life. If you're going to navigate the seasons of your life, you need to understand these five things. The first one is, is that the seasons of life are beyond my control. God is the one who has established the seasons of our life. You can't control you can't control when a season begins. You can't control how long it lasts. And in fact, most seasons in our life begin with an irritation or an interruption or an inconvenience. Starting with your birth, you know, most seasons of life begin with some trauma. Uh, you know, you enter into a new season of life and your neat little schedule is thrown out the door. Uh, you enter into a new season of life and your comfort zone uh, gets disrupted. All your plans are, uh, evaporate. You have to come to a completely new understanding of what's going on. You've got to rediscover and redirect in your life. And it's frustrating that we can kind of predict uh, what the seasons of life will be by watching one another and, and, and paying attention, but you can never really figure out when they're going to start in your life or how long they're going to last. And maybe you've noticed that, that some seasons seem to speed by and others seem to take forever. I mean, it seemed like it took me forever to get through the sixth grade. I mean, it was three of the longest years of my life. Okay? And then you get into high school and bang, it's like, where did that go? And then I got into college and grad school, and it just seemed like it was going to take forever. I thought, I'm going to be writing term papers from now through the millennium. I mean, it just seemed like it took forever. So 
you get into these seasons and some things happen fast and some things happen slow. But you don't get to control the duration of the seasons that you're in. So who does? Who determines the seasons of your life? Well, Daniel 2.21 says God controls the times and the seasons. He makes and unmakes kings. God sets some people up as leaders. God deposes other people. You know, God is in control of world events. I know it may not look like it sometimes, but he is. And that's why I don't, I don't worry about what's going on in the world. Because God is in ultimate control. God has laid out for us what his plan is for the ages. We're going to talk about that next week. Because your next most asked question was, how does the world end? And so if the world doesn't end this week, I will address that next week. Okay? So keep your eyes open. But, but God is in ultimate control. And, and, and world events are moving toward a destiny that God has determined. You know, and who's in particular office at any particular time is not going to thwart God's plan uh, for the world. Now, I'll tell you, I, I pay attention to the news. I, I pay attention to what's going on. I'm, I vote. Uh, I'm, I'm politically active because I want to be salt and light in my world. And I have a God-given uh, responsibility to participate in those things. But I don't worry about those things because God has got this. And that's just a very reassuring thought because the second thing you need to know about the seasons of life is that they're often confusing. Uh, sometimes you're in a situation and you think, you know, <laughs> I don't understand what's happening to me right now. I do not understand what's going on in this season. And the tricky part about the seasons of life is, is that understanding usually follows uh, experience rather than precedes it. We, we tend to understand the seasons of life after uh, they're over. We don't usually understand it when we're in the situation. We may not even see any good in it while we're in it. But then you look back on your life, look back on the seasons of your life, and you have a far greater perspective uh, looking back. Looking ahead, you don't know what's going to happen. Looking back, you know what's happened. And, and you can have a perspective on that. Hindsight is twenty twenty. And so, but often when you're in the season, you're just blind to it. So some things happen in your life that, frankly, you're never going to understand. And the truth is, God doesn't owe us an explanation. You're not going to get an explanation for everything that happens here. Frankly, I don't think we're going to get a lot of explanations when we get to heaven. You know, I don't want to spend my time in heaven with God explaining to me every goofy thing that happened here. I'd rather move on and see what he's got in store for me in that perfect place. And, you know, God, God, God doesn't owe us explanations. In fact, the, the Christian lives by faith, not by explanations. Ecclesiastes 3.11 assures us, it said, God does everything just right and on time. That's what God does, just right, on time. But people can never completely understand what he's doing. I mean, if God gave you an explanation, you wouldn't understand it anyway, Okay? You know, if you could understand why God does everything he does, then you'd be God, and you're not. Neither am I. And so oftentimes the seasons are confusing. But, number three, God has a purpose for every season of your life. Every season. Lonely season, season of waiting, sad season, seasons of success, seasons of grief. God has a purpose for every season of your life. 
Romans 8.28 says, We know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into his plans. Circle the words working for and if. I mean, this is a promise that is not for everybody. You know, all things do not work together for good for everybody on earth. They only work together for good. For who? For those who love God and are trusting in Him. For those who are fitting into His plans. If you're trusting God with what you're doing. And one of the basic Bible truths for a believer is, is that nothing comes into my life that isn't Father filtered. And so it may seem confusing. It may even seem bad. But I can rest in that truth. Because your life is not a random series of circumstances or, or accidents and incidents. God, you know, God never does anything by accident. He has an appointed time for everything in your life. Even the bad things? Yes. And don't misunderstand me. I, I, God doesn't cause the problems in your life. The truth is he doesn't have to. Because you and I, we cause enough problems ourselves. And if when we, once we don't cause, other people can cause them for us. So God doesn't have to cause the evil. God doesn't have to do the bad things in our lives. God's not the author of evil, but God can have a purpose for each and every event in your life. Every single event, no matter how dark, no matter how shameful, how bad, how ugly, God can work it together and bring good out of it. The Bible doesn't say all things are good. The Bible clearly teaches us. There are, there's bad and evil things that happen in the world. It's not all things are good. All things work together for good. For those who love God and trust God and say, God, your will be done in my life. So the seasons of life include both good and bad times. Life is full of contrasts. I mean, we go through mountains, we go through valleys, we experience success, we experience failure, we win some, we lose some. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 gives us a list of 28 different life experiences. You know whether we got four seasons. But when it comes to the seasons of your life, there are lots of different seasons. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to laugh and a time to cry, a time to find and a time to lose. You ever been in that season where you had to decide, do I need to let go of this? Do I need to lose this? Let go of, uh, of this dream that isn't happening because maybe it's not the dream that's supposed to happen in my life. Or, or maybe I let go of this relationship because this friendship is really not doing me a lot of good. The Bible says there's a time for both of those. A time to keep and a, and a time to throw. There's a good verse for your garage. Okay? Yeah. Uh, you know, huggers, non-huggers time to speak up, a time to be quiet. Usually we get those two mixed up. We, we need the courage to speak up when we should and we need the love to be quiet uh, when we should. But life is a combination of contrasting seasons. All sunshine, sunshine and no rain makes a desert. And each of these experiences have meaning and purpose and value in your life. All of these seasons are God's will. And some of you think the only time that you're really in the center of God's will is when things are going great. The Bible tells us there's a time and a season for everything. How many of you are old enough to remember the, the Ray Stevens song, 
Uh, everything is beautiful in its own way. Anybody remember that? That's good. That's good. You guys must listen to the oldies. Uh, you know, uh, Ray Stevens lied to us uh, with that song. Because everything is not beautiful in its own way. It, it, it's actually uh, uh, based on Ecclesiastes 3.11 and it mis misquotes it. Because, uh, you know, everything's not beautiful. Cancer's not beautiful. Uh, child abuse is not beautiful. War is not beautiful. Everything is not beautiful in its own way. The Bible says God makes everything beautiful in its own time. And that's very different. You know, God can take even the bad things in, in the proper season he can turn them around and he can use them for good in the way uh, that he intends. And so some of you may be going through a season right now that is not very beautiful. You're going through a very difficult, even what you would consider a very ugly season of your life. Your finances are ugly, your health is ugly, your marriage is ugly. But I want you to understand that God can bring good out of it if you will give that season to him. Fifth thing I need to know is that what I sow in one season, I will reap in another season. You know, every farmer, every gardener knows that, you know, you sow in one season and you reap in the other. You sow in the spring and you tend through the summer and then you reap uh, in the fall. Uh, you know, you don't plant in the spring and then the next day you reap a harvest. It just doesn't happen like that. That's often what we want to do in the seasons of life. We want, to, we want to sow in this season and then we want to see the results. We want the fruit. You know, you pray and God answers. We give and God blesses immediately. No. No, what you sow in one season, you harvest in another. And the habits and character that you develop in one season of life determine the fruit that you will reap in another season of life. Doesn't happen immediately. And the way you respond in one season affects what you receive in the other. You know, if you respond correctly uh, in one season of life, if you do the right thing, even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't understand it, you'll reap the dividends in the future. Galatians 6 9 says, Let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not, if we don't give up. Five facts about the seasons of life. How can I make the most of each season of life? How can I grow from it? How can I develop in it? How can I become all God wants me to be? So, regardless of which season you're in, there are four questions to ask in each season. This is how I navigate the seasons of life. Number one, I ask, what can I learn in this season of life? Always be looking for something you can learn in each season of life, because there's always things that we can learn through those experiences. Too often, our goal is just to get through. Our goal is to get out of this season and to get into the next one. But God's goal for us is that we will learn the truth that we want to learn in each season. And the reality is, the best way we learn is through our experiences. The best way we learn is in the school of hard knocks. Deuteronomy 11.2 says, Remember what you have learned about the Lord through your experiences with him. 
You know, we've got to understand a, a basic truth here about life and about the seasons of life. And that is that life is a test. Life is preparation for eternity. This life is a temporary opportunity. This isn't the big show. This is the warm-up act for life right now. And you're going to live 60, 70, 80 years on earth, and then you're going to spend the rest of your life in eternity. Far more of your life will be spent on the other side of death than on this side of death. So this life, this life is a test. It's preparation. It's temporary. It's the next life that's eternal. And God wants you to learn a lot of lessons while you're here, before you get there. In, in fact, what you learn here will determine what you do there. That, that's, that's why we as pastors, we are so intent on helping you to learn and grow. Because what you learn and what you do here determines what you will do there. You know, your faith in Christ determines your destination. You believe in Jesus Christ, you get to go to heaven. You don't believe in Jesus Christ, you get to go to hell. You've made the choice. But once you have made the decision to follow Jesus Christ, it's the lessons that you learn, it's the character that you develop here that determines what you do there. And, and you, God wants us to learn that Jesus Christ has died for our sins. God wants us to believe in him and trust in him so that we can go to heaven. But that's not the only lesson that we learn here in this life. And, and this life is preparation for heaven and God wants you to learn certain character qualities which we will take with you into heaven. And frankly, that's all you're going to take with you into heaven. You're not going to take anything else with you other than the character, other than the lessons that you have learned in this life. The kind of person that you have become. And in every season, there's a lesson to be learned. And to make the most of the, the seasons in life, we, we've got to extract those lessons. I, I got to look for the truths, look for the principles that God wants to teach me in this season. So when you're in a season, especially in a difficult season, don't ask, well, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? I mean, I, I can tell you the reason why every season is happening for you. Every season is happening because God has something that he wants to teach you. So don't ask, why is this happening? Instead, ask, God, what do you want me to learn? What's the lesson that I need to learn in this season? Because God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes a season. Because it's not just an experience, it's an education. So ask, what can I learn from this season? I love this little poem. It says, our ends are joined by a common link. With one we sit and with one we think. Success depends on which we use. Heads I win, tails I lose. So which end are you going to think with? Uh, you know, two facts about the school of hard knocks. One is that if you flunk a test in the school of hard knocks, you have to take the test over again. And some of us have taken the same test over and over and over again. And frankly, God's going to keep giving you that test until you learn it. You know, have you learned to be patient? No. Then God will keep putting you in irritating circumstances until you learn patience. Have you learned to put God first in your finances? No. Then God's going to keep putting you in financial trouble until you learn to tithe. 
You know, have you learned to control your anger? No. Then God's going to keep putting you in stressful situations until you learn self-control. Have you learned to love unconditionally? No. Then God's going to keep putting you around unlovely people until you learn to love them unconditionally. If you don't learn the lesson in one season, then you get to experience the lesson in the next season. Another truth about the School of Hard Knocks is that just the time you think you've graduated, you learn that there are more courses to take. Okay? There is a never listing course or never ending course catalog. And there's always more to learn. More to learn about God, more to learn about yourself, more to learn about other people. And notice it says that you've got to remember what you've learned. Because those who forget the lesson uh, tend to repeat their mistakes. And that was the problem with the Israelites. You read through the Old Testament and we see they just kept forgetting over and over. And so God would have to teach them again over and over. You don't want to forget the lessons that you've learned because you don't want to have to relearn them. And so what, what does God want me to learn? Well, there's one overarching lesson that he wants every one of us to learn in every season, and that's found in 2 Corinthians 1.9. Paul outlines a bunch of things that happened to them, and he says, this happened that we might learn to trust, not in ourselves, but in God. That's the overarching lesson. God will bring all kinds of experiences into your life to teach you to trust in him. Because you get the rug pulled out from underneath you and you're lying flat on your back, you learn you've got to look up to God. The next two points here uh, go together. Uh, number two, what can I enjoy in this season of my life? And number three, what is most important in this season of life? You know, some people uh, are always getting ready to enjoy life. Uh, when, when work uh, slows down or uh, when business picks up or when I finish this project or when the kids are grown or when I feel better, that's when I'm going to be able to enjoy life. Uh, but the Bible says not to wait to enjoy life. The Bible tells us you've got to enjoy it right now. You've got to enjoy every season. So Ecclesiastes 11.8, people ought to enjoy every day of their lives. Circle the phrase every day. Enjoy every single day, the good ones and the bad ones, because every single day is a gift from God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all the seasons of life. That is God's will for you. The good days, the bad days, the hard days, the easy days, we live all of them with a sense of gratitude because each day has been given to us uh, by God. And we can hold on to a, a couple of fallacies uh, about these seasons and, and we can think that, that one of them is, is the, well, you know, I got plenty of time. I got lots of time to spend with my kids, and so I'll do it later. I got lots of time to work on my marriage. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that later. I got lots of time to serve God. I'll, I'll, I'll do it later. I got years to make my life count. I'll do it later. But the Bible says rather than having lots of time, it says our life is like a vapor, a mist, a, a puff of smoke, and, and it's gone. And that means the sooner we learn what really counts in life, the sooner we learn what is the most important in life, uh, the more we'll enjoy life, the better decisions we will make. 
Another fallacy we operate on is I, I can have it all right now. You know, I, I want it all now. I, I can have a great family, a great job, a lot of money, good health, good looks. I can do it all. I can have it now. I want it, I want it now. The truth is you can't. You have to make choices in every season. Ecclesiastes 3.1, a time for everything and a season for everything under heaven. It doesn't mean you do everything in one season. It means every, uh, every season has its time. You can't do it all at once. You've got to pace yourself. You've got to make some tough choices, some tough decisions about what really matters in this particular season of my life. Ephesians 5.18, live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as those who do not know the meaning and purpose of life. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're, you're the one who knows the meaning and purpose of life. So you need to live life differently than those who don't. Make the best use of your time, despite the difficulties these days. I got, I got to make some tough choices, tough decisions, especially in the difficult seasons. Maybe this season I can have this, and, and, and in that season I can have that. But for each season, I've got to know what's important. And I think one of the areas of our life where that really fits is, is in the area of parenting. Uh, because most of us, as, as we move through uh, the seasons of parenting, uh, we're not good at enjoying the moment. I mean, we talk about, oh, you've got to stop and smell the roses. But usually we say that, but we don't stop. And the Bible says we're to enjoy each season of our life because each season is unique. But oftentimes what we do is we tend to look back at the past and we either think, oh, it was so great back then, I wish I was living back then. Or we have so many regrets about the past that we, we spend too much time fretting about what's already happened in our life. And then we look to the future, and, and now we start wondering, well, what's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen with my kids? What's going to happen when I retire? What's going to happen if I get sick? We worry about, about the future. And we forget that this is the moment I'm living in. Not what was, not what might be, but what is right now. And I need to enjoy this season, and I need to focus on what's most important. You know, in the, in the stages of parenting, uh, you know, there are negatives and positives in every season, in every stage. And with, with babies, you know, with babies, you have an eight-pound baby and 50 pounds of paraphernalia that you have to take around with you wherever you go, okay? I mean, that's just one of the negatives there. 50 pounds of equipment for an eight-pound baby. Uh, but, but the positive thing, the positive things about babies is, is just the smell that babies have. I mean, I love smelling the heads of our babies. Now I'm a grandpa. I love smelling the heads of our grandbabies. I mean, honestly, it's a little creepy, but I love it. <laughs> you know? I mean, man, they're just, I mean, you just love smelling there. The other end smells too, but that's a different story. <laughs> With toddlers, you know, you're just always fishing stuff out of the toilet. It's just always stuffed animals and Legos and newspapers. I mean, I don't know what it is with toddlers that they're just so attracted to plumbing. But, 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 but the positive is when they crawl up into your lap and they want you to read a book. 300th time you've read this book. Cannot skip a page. But you read the book and then they just fall asleep in your lap. And man, there is just nothing better than, than that. 
And then in elementary school, they come to you, bedtime, 8.30 at night, and tell you that they have a project due uh, tomorrow, and, and they have to build a volcano, or they have to build a model of the Eiffel Tower out of toothpicks. And, and so you're up till 2 in the morning building a volcano or building the Eiffel Tower. And the positive thing is, is that you get to build a volcano and you get to build the Eiffel Tower and the volcano erupts and the Eiffel Tower stands up and it's just a cool thing. It's just part of that age. Junior high, high school, man, it's just a roller coaster of activities and events and, and trauma and drama and emotions are up and down and highs and lows and, and you're trying to big some, bring some stability to all of that and then suddenly they learn to drive and that's one of those things that you know it just scares you to death but it's also just the coolest thing in the world to watch somebody actually learn to drive and be, be, be growing up and they get a job and they actually start earning some money and, and, and then they graduate high school and they start college and you can see them becoming the man or woman that God has designed them to be and as a parent you're just scared to death for them and thrilled for them all at the same time and then they get married and they have kids of their own, and you become a grandparent. And, and grandkids are God's reward for not killing your kids. Okay? Now, now, there are limitations no matter what season you're in. There are things that you cannot do in each of the seasons of life that you're in, but there are also opportunities and joys that are unique to that season and if you're a wise person you will live in the season you're in you will live in the moment where God has put you and enjoy that moment learn the lessons capture what's important finally each season you've got to ask how can I help others in this season of life what good can I do in this season of life because you weren't put on this earth just to live for yourself Ephesians 2.10 says you were created for a life of good works. And God gave you abilities and talents and energy to help other people. He didn't put you on earth to be this selfish little clod. No, he wants you to help others. And, and a lot of us, you know, we think, well, you know, I'll, I'll do that when things settle down. I'll get into a ministry when things settle down. I, I'm going to get into a small group. When, when, when things settle down. I'm going to help other people when things settle down. Let me just tell you flat out. Things are not going to settle down. If things have settled down, you're dead. Okay? You ever notice that? You go to a funeral and the guy looks pretty settled. Okay? Yeah. Everybody else in the room, they don't look settled. They look frantic. You know, that's just one of the signs of life. Things do not settle down. And so the question is, are you doing the good work that God made you to do in the season that you're in? Or are you spending all your time and energy and effort uh, on yourself or on the distractions or on the disruptions? Because you have unique opportunities to help other people in every season. You, opportunities you'll never have again, and if you miss them, they're, they're just gone. Proverbs 3.22 says, whenever you're able, do good to people who need help. Notice it says, whenever. You do it when you can, why you can. You've got to stop waiting uh, for the perfect circumstances. Too many people miss out in life because they're spending their time regretting the past or worrying about the future. 
they miss the present. And the secret of happiness in every season is serving God and serving others because that's what God made you to do. And that's the biggest lesson you can learn. If you live for yourself, never going to be happy. But you learn to give your life away in ministry, in helping, serving others. That Jesus said you lose your life, that's when you get it. Every season has its difficulties. Every season provides excuses. There are always rationalizations that I can trot out as to why I can't learn a lesson and why I can't enjoy the season and why I can't do what's most important, why I can't help other people. But if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. God wants you to use the season you're in right now to help other people uh, to grow. What is it that you know that would be a good thing for you to do that would help you grow, would help other people to grow, but you keep putting off? And let me encourage you this week, do something good for somebody else. They may not even know about it. Maybe you just do it in the secret. Let me encourage you, if you've never taken the step of getting connected with a local church, then, then this is the season to take that step of spiritual growth. Get involved in the life of the church. Get involved in a small group. Grow in your faith. Discover your ministry. Start taking advantage of the season that you're in right now. Let's pray together. Would you just pray this prayer? Just say, Heavenly Father, I I, I really do want to grow in Christ. I, I want to develop spiritually. I want to grow through the seasons of my life so that I can bear much fruit for you. So God, teach me to learn to trust you in every season, especially in the one I'm in, especially if it's a difficult season. Jesus Christ, I invite you to be at the center of every season of my life so you can build the character into me that I will take into heaven. God, I thank you that for every season there's a reason. And that you love me, and you care for me, and you have a plan for my life. Help me to pursue it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.